Okay, if you have a Bible with you, if you want to find uh, the book of Acts, which is uh, just uh, a little way into your New Testament. If you don't have a Bible with you, don't worry. The words will appear as if by magic on the screen behind me in a moment or two. We've been working through a series going through this book uh, over the last few months, so we're going to get into this story today. And we're just going to read one verse today, just one verse from Acts chapter 6. And it says, this is verse 7 of Acts 6. It says, And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Then we pray. Jesus, we, we thank you for, for new life. We thank you we get to celebrate that this morning, all these beautiful babies and their, uh, and their parents, these families here. We thank you that you bring uh, new life into the world. We thank you that uh, children are a, a blessing from the Lord. And we thank you that uh, uh, it doesn't always feel like that, but they are a wonderful blessing to our lives. We just want to thank you uh, for how you how you parent us, that you're a father who loves us the same way we could see these mums and dads just uh, holding their babes in their arms, just so proud to be up here this morning. We thank you that you're so proud of us, that you're a father who wants to embrace us in your arms and shower us with your love and affection. We just want to come to you this morning and receive your love, your goodness, we want to know your voice speaking to us, guiding us today. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work here in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The story of the church, particularly in a, a city like ours or when you live in Western Europe or the Western world, the way we perhaps perceive or think about the church, maybe you think about a building like this, or maybe you think about a community of people, whatever uh, way you think about it, we often, the pitch we have in our heads is often one of, of decline, that more and more uh, churches don't meet in buildings like this, that buildings like this become housing, they become places where concerts and events happen and People no longer worship Jesus. The church, the picture we can have in our head is of the church just slowly shrinking because why does anyone need God anymore? That's often what people think in the world around us. Um, and it's true here in, here in the Netherlands at the end of the Second World War, about 80% of people would have been the member of a local church, whereas now in a city like like ours here in Amsterdam, it would be maybe only two or three percent of people would come to church on a Sunday to worship Jesus. There has been a massive decline in people who would call themselves followers of Jesus, uh, who would claim to be Christians. But yet, the story of the church of Christianity around the world is actually quite different. That if you took the numbers of people globally, the church has been steadily increasing over the last 2,000 years. That even today, each year, there are more and more people that would call themselves followers of Jesus. That there are many places where maybe 20 or 30 years ago, there would have been hardly any Christians, whereas now there's thousands, even millions in some 
in some nations. And this little see, this is a, a theme we've been coming back to again and again as we've been looking at this story, the book of Acts. The fact that you see this tiny little church planted, started in Acts, and then this, this movement begins. Something happens in this story that even amidst challenge and difficulty and struggle, this church keeps growing, it keeps increasing, even as we go through, as we'll discover as we get to the end of the book of Acts. What starts in Jerusalem begins to spread out, begins to go further and further around the Mediterranean world. And we see even in the book of Acts, this verse that we've read here, the word of God continue to increase, the number of the disciples multiply greatly. That, a similar verse to that is repeated uh, three different times as we go through the book of Acts, again in chapter 12, again in chapter 19, also in chapter 13. And each time the scenario is in a time where there's been struggle, there's been persecution. Here in this story, only in chapter 5, just uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about how Peter was in prison. In chapter 12, we'll find that James, one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem, is killed. He's martyred for his faith. Peter ends up back in prison again. But each time when these challenges, difficulties comes, Luke writes in this letter of his that the word of God continued to increase. Even amongst the difficulty, the pressure, God keeps building his church. What I want us to do today is take a look at that, a look at this one verse, the word of God continue to increase, and talk about what that means, what we can learn about growth from this one verse. First of all, we can see that the, the church, the people of God, has a history of growth in unexpected places, uh, often in unintended ways. That the church has a history of growth in unexpected places that this is what's happening in this story we can read the bible sometimes and it all seems particularly stories like this in the book of acts it seems like this great big kind of victory march we can read it as very triumphal and miss the persecution that they were facing in this story the struggle that they were walking through how unlikely this story is if you consider that Jesus, who their faith, our faith, our Christian faith is built upon, only a few months prior to this story, he's been killed. The, the Romans had attempted to stamp out this uh, beginning of a faith, this beginning of a, a cult, whatever they thought it was. They thought they put an end to it, that we've, we've killed their leader, this little Christians, as they call themselves, they'll just sort of fizzle out. And even now, as this church is beginning to grow, the, the leaders in this city of Jerusalem, they're doing everything they can to stamp out this faith, to put it to death, just to see it finished. But yet somehow the church keeps growing. Uh, even we have a wonderful privilege to be able to worship back in this building. The church that originally met here moved out about 40 years ago. The church was... Uh, was just a mess, was derelict for a number of years, and yet we get to come and worship back in here again. That even in our city, where it might seem so 
unexpected today in our century, in our time, that people might still come and worship Jesus. God's on the move. He's doing things. And we shouldn't be surprised like this. Jesus isn't surprised. In one of his parables, Jesus would often tell these little parables, these stories. And in in Mark chapter 4, he says, what can we compare the kingdom of God? What parable should we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up. It becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of air can make nests in its shade. What Jesus is saying there, that even the kingdom of God, what he came to usher into the world, it's like the smallest of seeds. That's how God works, is he often just plants tiny, small seeds. And from that, God can work. God can move. God can grow, even in unexpected places. And that's often how, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a moment or two, but that's often how God works in us as well. That he can start in the smallest of ways, or mustard seed of faith that he might drop into your heart. Maybe there's a particular circumstance, a challenge ahead of you that seems daunting or scary. You know, for all these parents lined up here, they're all, uh, I'm sure, it wasn't really a baby Thanksgiving anymore because many of them were toddlers, you know. We've not been able to do this for a while. And all these parents, they, they know that parenting isn't as easy as it sometimes looks. Actually, parenting can be quite hard, can be quite difficult, can be quite challenging. And they need, we need faith to be mums and dads. We need faith. But God can come and bring, place the smallest seed of faith in your heart. And from that, grow something mighty, something wonderful by his glory. The church has a history of growth in unexpected places and also the the mission of the church what God's called the church to do and to be is rooted in ancient promise what I mean by this is in this verse he uses these words the word of God continue to increase the number of disciples multiply greatly in Jerusalem and then as I said three or four other times in the book of Acts he uses the similar words he talks about increase and multiplication and what the writer is doing is he's trying to remind us of what the bible says right at the beginning of the book in genesis chapter one he said and god blessed them he's talking about how god had created male and female in his own image he said god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it What Luke in the book of Acts is trying to do, he's trying to tell the church, his readers at the time and us reading it today, he's pointing back, because he's like a signpost back to Genesis 1, which talks about increase and multiplication. It's the same language as be fruitful and multiply. He wants us to look back and learn something from these words in Genesis and in Genesis, what God's doing is he's giving, he's giving humanity 
us, his people, a, a mandate. He's giving us a job, something to, go, to do, to go and fill the earth, to multiply, not just more and more and more and more humans, but more and more of the image of God going out into the world. That's sometimes you might wonder, what does, what does God look like? Maybe you're here, you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've asked that question in your head. If God exists, what does he look like? Well, perhaps the best answer is that looks a bit like us because he made us in his image, not just in how we are in our body, but he's trying to conform each one of us into his likeness, that in our hearts, how we act, how we behave, that little by little we become more and more of the image of God. And then we're commissioned, we're tasked to take this image into the world. That what the world around us, what our city needs, is more and more of the image of God in it. More and more people who love and follow Jesus. More and more people who love each other like God loves us. More and more people who love the broken and the needy and the vulnerable, how God loves them. We're commissioned tasked to bring the image of God into the world. And that's why this baby Thanksgiving is such a wonderful celebration because we're doing that. <laughs> we're being fruitful, we're increasing, we're multiplying. And these parents and us as a church family, those promises that, that Gavin led us in, they're really important what we've, as a church family, what we've said to these families here. You know, they've all committed, we're gonna try and raise our kids to follow Jesus. And as a church family, we said, yes, we're with you in that. And that's such an important thing that we do together. Because we're saying we wanna, we, together we're saying we wanna continue to live out this mandate that God's given us in Genesis chapter one. That we wanna see the image of God spread into our city. We want to see his name made famous. We want to see little disciples of him grow up into maturity and to share his love with others. And we're saying with these families, yes, we want to join you in that adventure that together we want to support you as you raise your kids. We want to support and love one another so that we can keep living out this mission. The mission of God is rooted in these ancient promises and what we see, what we learn perhaps mainly from this verse is that true growth, we see the, the church growing here, increasing and multiplying, that true growth is word growth, which is a bit of a weird phrase. But if you consider what, what Luke is actually, what's actually happening on the ground is more and more people in this story are becoming Christians. Elsewhere, he talks about 3,000 people here, 5,000 people here, that this church is growing and flourishing. But he doesn't say, and the church in Jerusalem continue to increase, or the, the people of God, the family of God got bigger and bigger. He says, the word of God continued to increase, which we don't tend to use that language. You know, if people say to me, how is your church doing? How is Liberty Church in Amsterdam going? I don't say, ah, let me tell you about the word of God, because they think it would sound a bit of a weird thing to say. Why are we speaking like that? But this is what he says here. And this is what he says in those other passages in Acts. He says, the word of God continue to increase. And what does he mean by that? 
What does our writer mean here? Does he mean that the Bible continued to increase, that the community were, were learning more and more of the Bible, that they were getting more and more into the scriptures, into the word of God together, and that was growing and shaping them, that that was building something. And yes, that's, that's partly true. And that's what we need in our city today, that this Bible, this book, perhaps what you, your perception, what you might think about this book is that it's something heavy, it's something that you have to read or something you've been told in the past that you need to submit your life to and it can feel heavy and like a weight. It's actually this word is, is good news. It's the light to our path. It tells us of who God is, of his love for us. So yes, the word in a sense means the Bible, scripture. I guess it could also mean truth, that we live in a world where there are all sorts of competing ideas, competing worldviews, competing belief systems, competing truths. Believe in this, believe in this, believe in this all the time. We're assaulted with different things that we're to believe, things that we should follow. Is when it's saying here the word of God continue to increase, does that mean that they were they were together as a community kind of growing into a new way of seeing the world, a new truth that they were building their lives upon? Well, yes, that could also be true. Do they mean the preaching of the word? Earlier in just a few verses earlier, it's talked about the preaching of the word of God. When it says the word of God continue to increase, do they mean that they were just preaching, telling people more about him? Or does it mean, does it mean quite practically the church? Is this just a funny word that Luke is using to refer to the church? Does it mean the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, yes, all these things are, are true. They're all important. That we want to be a church here in Amsterdam, in our city, that in a sense we're all built around the word of God. That we want the Bible, we want the preaching of the word of God, we want his truth, we want the church to continue to flourish and grow in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the point is here that the, the kingdom of God advances through the progress of the word of God. What's important is sometimes the way we can talk about the church or success in the church is, is more and more, more and more people. You know, we're putting out more chairs every week, so that's, that's good. There's more and more, you know, bottoms sitting on seats. But actually, the, the Bible doesn't, although the Bible talks about numbers, and numbers are important because numbers represent people, the Bible isn't really that interested in more and more people. The Bible's interested in the Word of God getting into people's hearts and lives, that people are being transformed into His likeness. Our goal isn't to bring more people to church, it's for the image of God, the Word of God, to go out into the world around us, for more and more lives to be shaped and changed by him and this isn't just true for the church it's not just that growth in the church is down to the word but your growth your growth what it is for you to grow up as a believer to grow into maturity is we need the word of God to do that we need this book to do that we need to, how we understand the world, what we believe about truth. We need 
preaching of the word. We need the gospel to grow each one of us into maturity. We need the word of God. A friend of mine who is a, he's a, a pastor in, in Berlin, uh, in Germany, was uh, telling me a story this week of a, a lady last Sunday who walked into, her ch- into his church who was from, uh, she'd had to flee from Kharkiv in, in the Ukraine. And uh, she just, I don't know how she got here, but she walked into his church on a Sunday morning. And he had the privilege of giving her a Bible and she'd not had, she'd had to flee from her home with no possession. She didn't have a Bible with her. And she said to him, oh, finally, finally I can read God's word again. And she said, I've been starving. <laughs> and we don't, we don't think like that. We're so used to having easy access to the word of God. You know, maybe you just find it on your phone or you have, you know, I've probably got five or six different Bibles at home. But for her, she just had no access to the word of God. For I don't know how long that period of time was. But she says, I've been starving. And that's, she's, she's grasped something that we can so easily forget. That what our souls are really hungry for is the word of God. To get into us, to shape us, to change us. And our, our souls will often feel hungry and we'll try and fill them in all sorts of different places. If I eat this thing, if I invest my life here, if, if I just build up more wealth, that will feed me, feed my soul, and it, it won't. There's all sorts of things that you will try and feed yourself with. There's all sorts of ways we try and educate ourselves. You know, that's, that's what we hear in the world all the time, that for us to, to progress as a as humanity, we need more education. Actually, what we need to progress is the word of God to feed us, to enrich us, and we'll starve with, without it. But right at the center, what, perhaps the best way to understand what it means when it says the word of God is to realize it's really about, it's about Jesus. When we talk about the word of God growing churches or the word of God growing us, it's really about Jesus being at work. In John chapter one, verse one, there's this weird phrase that appears where, uh, uh, let me find the verse, I'll uh, read it to us. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. That word in the original language is is this word logos. In the beginning was the logos, was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. It's talking about Jesus. At the beginning of creation, Jesus was there. The, in, uh, as God's forming the world, the word of God, Jesus was there. Because he is, in a way that is difficult for us to perhaps understand, he is the word of God. That actually what this book, the Bible, what it's really all about, it's all about Jesus. Jesus said this himself in John chapter 5. He said, you search the scriptures because you're trying to understand truth, but what you don't realize is it's really all about me. 
That's what Jesus said. It's all about himself. The Bible, the word of God, is all centered around the living word, Jesus Christ. That he is truth. If we believe that, that's what the word is talking about. The truth of God, that he is truth. It says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All of our preaching here on a Sunday, when we stand up and we tell you about Jesus, that's what we want to do. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that he preached Christ crucified. That he, his mission was to tell more and more people about Jesus. And that's our mission here at Liberty Church. We don't want to stand up and give you five better ways to live, ten steps to whatever, how to handle your money better, how to do all these things better. Those things are helpful, but there's loads of places that you can go to find those things. The most important thing you need to know every Sunday is the love of Christ for you. Through how his life, death, and resurrection He's come to set you free. He's come to transform you more and more into his image, into his likeness. It's important that we spend our Sundays just not just learning tips and hints, and, but studying Jesus. Letting the word Jesus come alive in our hearts. Even the church itself, we were talking about this last week. In Romans 12, it talks about Jesus talks about the the church being his very body that's what Paul writes about the church is the body of Christ in a way that we can't understand this even seems a bit mystical but it's wonderfully true that we the people of God with Christ as the head we're his body the the gospel that we talk about isn't just a formula isn't a message or an idea but the gospel is Jesus To become a Christian isn't just knowing something or studying something or having a belief system. It's about knowing someone. But there's a man, Jesus, who loves you. He wants to know you. He wants you to have friendship with him, friendship with God. He wants to speak to you. He wants you to hear his voice. It's not a voice that's come to rebuke you and just tell you off and tell you how bad you've been. It's a voice that just wants to whisper into your heart the love of God. How proud he is of you. What he wants to do in your life. How he wants to shepherd and grow and lead you and care for you. And what Jesus does is when he, he comes into the life of the church, he grows churches that's really the story of the book of the whole book of Acts. We've said a few times before as we go through this series that in a sense the title of the book is, is almost wrong. The Acts of the Apostles, it's only partly true. This story is really the Acts of the risen Lord Jesus by his people through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's that Jesus is at work again and again. There are some... Bible scholars that have pointed out that the gospel of Luke which is written by the same person who wrote the book of Acts that the gospel of Luke and the gospel of Acts actually follow the same pattern that you can, you can put the two stories next to each other and you can see lots of parallels of how the story's the same there's lots of moments which line up with what happened to Jesus' ministry and what was happening in the ministry of the church how in certain points Jesus is healing people and they're seeing healings come in the church of God. How Jesus was being persecuted and attacked and the church is being persecuted and attacked. What they're trying to show us is that 
that what the church is doing in the book of Acts is living out the life of Christ. It's living out him because he's at work through his people again and again. That what Jesus is doing today is he's building his church. You know, what is God most passionate about? What is Jesus in heaven? What is he doing right now? He's praying for his people. He wants to build his church. He wants to see his bride, his body, his people. He wants to see them flourish and grow to increase and multiply. He wants his image of God to go out into the world around us. That's the thing that God is most passionate about is us, his people, his church, his bride. And what Jesus does wonderfully is he brings his growth, as we talked about before, in unexpected places, in unexpected ways. If we go back, we were talking about that parable in the book of Luke. The parable before that, just a few verses before, it says this, it said, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and he sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows he knows not how he's giving us a picture of a, a farmer you know someone scattering seed and then what if you've maybe you've done that uh, some gardening in your own home or uh, a child at school you've done some gardening and that's what you do you scatter seed and then you come back and it's grown. Well, I'm not a very good gardener. I normally scatter seed and then it grows and then, then it dies. So what tends to happen with plants in our home. But what Jesus is saying here is that the kingdom of God, that's how it works, is that often we, we feel such a burden, an, an onus, uh, a task upon ourselves to be followers of Jesus. We feel that as though there's lots of things that we have to do, lots of things that we have to be like. Maybe not even in being in a, a, a Christian, but just in your life in the world. Sometimes life can just feel like working out a long to-do list. Oh, today I've got, I've got this, all these things to do. I've, all these people I've got to keep happy. Uh, all, these, all these burdens that I've got to carry, I don't know how I'm going to do it all. Life can just feel such an overwhelming burden. But in the kingdom of God, we scatter seed, we sleep, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. What God wants to do in your life is, it's a work of his grace. It's something that he wants to do within you. It's not something that he's saying, right, go and do all these things now. Go and work really hard for me. It's all these things, all these commands you've got to follow, all these things you've got to do. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, just come and enjoy me. That's <laughs> what it is to be a Christian. Just come and enjoy the living God. Just come and receive his grace. Just come and enjoy his goodness, his love for you. And as you do that, he'll begin to grow in you. He'll be, his seed will sprout in your heart. And it might be a a tiny seed, just a mustard seed, the smallest of seeds. Maybe that's how you feel this morning, that your faith feels tiny. You feel like, I'm not 
if I am a Christian, I'm, I'm, a, I'm only a Christian just, you know, just by a bit. Well, that's more than enough for God. He'll take that tiny seed and he'll bring life. We can know that because we can look at the story of the church around the world. That just what started with a handful of followers who were scared. They were hiding in this room on Pentecost Sunday, praying, just hoping that maybe God might show up. And he did. And he has. And he sent Christians all over the world to keep bringing his image of God into the world around us. And he wants to start maybe very small within your heart. He wants to grow you. He started small within this church. He wants to grow something in this city that's a blessing to this city. It's not just about an organization. It's about you, us, a people. He sent us to grow and multiply, to bring his blessing here in this city. And it's all wrapped up in him. It's all wrapped up in his ability to achieve what he sets out to achieve. It says in the book of Isaiah that Jesus' word to us doesn't return empty. <laughs> that when he sends his word into our hearts, when Jesus comes into your life, he doesn't return empty. It will grow. It will increase within you. Now I'm going to pray for us right now. Why don't you stand to your feet if you're comfortable to do that. Jesus, we just want to we want to bring our hearts to you this morning. We want to bring all our mustard seed, small faith. We want to just pray that you would increase and multiply your word within our hearts. That Jesus, you would bring about growth within us as a people together, but personally, individually, that you would grow us. And we ask that it would be an act of your grace because it is we've tried to grow ourselves we've tried self-improvement we've tried courses and youtube videos and seminars and books but what we really need to grow us to become more like you is is you we need you we're desperate for you we just pray right now jesus that you would grow us and you'd shape us you know, all these dear parents holding their kids together, they, they need you to be mums and dads. And all of us, we need you to, to father us. We need the parenting of God to lead us and to guide us. We just want to submit our hearts to you today and just say, have your way. We want to bring our small mustard seed of faith to you and say, God, increase, grow your work within our heart by your grace.